Oh, hello, folks. This is episode 85. Welcome back to the Segment Podcast, Senders. This is episode 85, and I am your host, Mark Hill, of the Segment. Have special guest, Sarah Didier, on the show, and I really can't wait for you guys to hear her story. I had a great time talking to Sarah. Sarah just recently won the hard man. It is 92 miles of pain, 7,000 feet of elevation change, and she killed it. First place, top podium. And I can't wait for you to hear her story as we get into how she started mountain biking, uh, the types of nutrition that she uses, and the mentality that she uses to set goals and achieve them. I think it's very, very inspirational. Hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get into the episode, I do want to say thank you to the supporters of the segment podcast. Uh, Take a look at the descriptions below. You'll find promo codes that are designed to save you a buck or two from some of my favorite companies. First up. Bike Support is brought to you by YT Industries, YT Live Uncaged, and Tasco MTB. If you're looking for some shorts or some gloves, uh, jersey kit, take a look at Tasco MTB. Use the promo code in there and save yourself 10% on anything off of their website. Also, a big special thank you to SSB. We spend a lot of money on our bikes. We love our bikes. And we should love to keep them healthy and clean with SSB, the ultimate spray and wash, chain loop, and tire sealant. You will definitely be able to do that with those products. I have a link for 10% off in the description below for anything off of the SSB website. So hope you enjoy that product. Products are simply the best. Also, speaking of gear, why not keep protected with Dionese MTB? Thank you so much to Dionese MTB OC for all of your support in keeping me safe while I'm out on the trails. And also while I'm out on the trails, big thank you to Spy Optic. Spy Optic with their recent promo code of segment 20 will save you 20% off of any eyewear that you see on the spyoptic.com website. Hope this all helps you. I love these products. I use them myself and uh, really enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get into episode 85 with Miss Sarah Didier. Sarah, what's up? Hi, Mark. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is so awesome, Sarah. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, you being able to jump on the podcast and congratulations on winning the hard man. Good Lord. Or should I say hard woman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard woman. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really stoked to be here. And uh, thanks for your congratulations. <laughs> yes, of course. Congratulations for the folks. I had to look up the hard man because I wasn't exactly sure what it was. But for the folks that were in my boat a couple of days ago, um, educate us on what is the hard man. So the hard man is a local gravel, I want to say, slash road race. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's been going on for a while now. Um, I've done it for the second time. So um, as I guess a lot of people don't know, but they've probably heard it by now that I am not from SoCal. <laughs> so I moved here three years ago and started to discover like the local racing scene. And my friend told me about the hard man last summer and um, that I should totally do it. And I did last year and I really loved it. So did it again this year. Uh, anyway, so gravel slash uh, road race. Uh, it's 92 miles, Good I believe. Lord. And 7,500 feet of climbing. Good Lord. And it starts in Anaheim, goes through Corona over Skyline and Black Star down to Cooks and back. So it's an out and back. And oh. it's it's grueling and it's super fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So when you start in Anaheim, by the time you get to Corona and start heading up Skyline, is that somewhat close to the middle of the race? Are you around 40 miles-ish there or is that still the beginning? Oh, that's the beginning. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And oh because my. it's an out and back, you you the middle is at the turnaround. So okay. you know when you hit the middle. <laughs> so yeah. When you turn around <laughs> like, and go, go back. back home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? So over 7,000 feet of elevation. Do you, are you taking multiple bikes in this race or do you just choose one tool, whether it's road or gravel? And I know Skyline's dirt, right? So. Correct. Yes. So it's a mix. That's why I said gravel slash road, because it's a mix of surfaces. Uh-huh. Um, but no, it's one bike. Okay. Uh, and um, most people would come with a, a gravel bike. Some come with a road bike with slightly wider tires or with a little bit of a of tread. Mm-hmm. And some people did it on a mountain bike, which I think is very impressive. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of many, many miles on the road. So, yeah. Dang. Yeah, that is a ton on the road. We have some folks here in the audience that are saying, what's up to you, Miss Sarah? Brett Hall, owner of Unspoken Clothing Line, says, yo, 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 what's up, guys? OMG, that's nuts. Congrats, Sarah. Thank you. We got uh, Adventure Muse says, so impressed. Sarah, that sounds even harder on a gravel bike. (laughs) My gosh. It's not. Skyline and Black Star is so much fun on the gravel bike. (laughs) Trail Pimp is saying hello from Palm Springs. What's up, Trail Pimp? Good to see you, buddy. And uh, Miami is in the house, the host of an up-and-coming awesome podcast called mountain bike q a johnny you is here he says good evening sorry i'm late man it is late in miami thank you so much johnny for jumping on yeah thanks for being here so sarah just won the hard man and you took podium what was second how far back was second place um i think about 12 minutes 12 minutes yeah yeah that you killed it <laughs> you killed it well i i had a, a bit more luck in my race because i know that um second place uh she had a crash down skyline on the way back oh no and hit the ground pretty hard but she's okay just like a bit of blood and bruises wow. uh and third place they finished together actually which is kind of cool and third place she had a flat so in the end, and that's also part of racing, right? Like yes. you never know what can happen. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, my, my goal was really to beat my time from last year and I wanted to finish under six hours and I did that. So taking the win is just the icing on the cake. <laughs> Golly, that is awesome. So you hit your goal of less than six hours, 92 miles over 7,000 feet elevation on a gravel bike and you're getting a lot of the podcasters coming in to see you tonight. This is great. This is women's MTB network. It's a, a network for women about women and, and their experience through the view and the scopes of mountain biking. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. There's Mia. You know, Mia. there's Mia. She's, oh, here it is. She says, Hey Sarah. Yeah. We've connected. <laughs> yeah. She is awesome. She is awesome. So, you had mentioned that you moved here a couple years ago. Um, where did you move from? From Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay. So that's, you, that's my home country. Oh, beautiful country. My goodness. It is. <laughs> gorgeous. Every time you see the, the pictures from there, you're like, I got to go there. I want to go oh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should. It's beautiful. I definitely want to. How is the, is the biking there different than out here in, in California when it comes to what you're doing? Yeah. It's, uh, it's very different. Um, it's a totally different climate. So um, the dirt is different. It's way more wet in Switzerland. We get mm. to ride a lot of like um, wet dirt, like even mud, uh, lots of trees. So lots of roots. Um, mm, and then, yeah. And then the seasons are different. So we get to do like all the long rides during the summer. And actually we don't ride that much during the winter. And here it's a little different because we got to do the long rides during the winter because the summer is way too hot to spend hot. like <laughs> seven hours on a bike, right? right. Um, it took me a while to get used to like the sand and like the slabs with like this sandy dust on it. Like the first couple oh, yeah. of months I was riding here, I was relearning. Oh. And, so loose, um, right? The, yeah. the loose, the loose over hard conditions here. Yeah, so it's very different. But I love, I love both, and I love riding here, and uh, I, I love riding in Switzerland too, obviously. But I haven't done it for a while, so hopefully, I'll, I'll get to go again soon. Was there, was there? Have you done anything like the hard man before in 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 Switzerland, or was this like the first type of? What would you call it? Is this more of like an extreme type of riding or are a lot of these gravel bike races, this type of distance and elevation change? Um, yeah, I started, I started to do like more long distance racing just before I left, maybe in 2018. Um, but I really started to go into like super long endurance once I moved here. Wow. and doing more gravel i mean gravel was kind of just picking up um in switzerland when i left and now it's also booming in europe but like it's it's just really impressive how big it is over here actually and i mean when you see like all the dirt roads and the trails that are here like it totally makes sense right yeah here's a Here's a picture of Sarah coming across the finish line of the hard man just under six hours. What was your what was your finish time? 550 something? 553. 553. And second place was over six. Six six oh five or something like Correct. that. Yeah, something like that. I believe. Yeah. Man, 12, 12 minute difference there. Um 
And you could, I don't know if you guys can see this. Look at the guy. Look at the guy behind. Look at the guy behind Sarah right there. Okay. Okay. So that guy <laughs> was awesome. Like, yeah. yes. I need to, his name is Rich and I really need to thank him because uh, we teamed up on the way back and it was really great. And we helped each other and entertained each other with some conversation. And then he let me enjoy my finish you know so oh. it, it, yeah he was he was awesome and it was very nice meeting you rich and <laughs> thank you so much for the teamwork on the way back that is awesome shout out to rich team team player that's i love that sportsmanship that is that is so cool sarah and that's one thing about like cycling people think it's like a individual sport but there's actually it's not like there's so much team effort behind it and not only like during the race but also like next to it like preparing and training for it and whatever it's just like there's so many people actually um into the sport yeah it's it's kind of this weird mix between individual sport and team sport and that's really awesome yeah i could see that it's like the camaraderie almost like a like you're a, a crew you're a group you belong to this thing that you're all striving to do so you kind of you kind of you know bond together um brett hall is saying because of where you came from no wonder she's a billy goat <laughs> he's saying <Yep>. mountain girl <laughs> yeah mountain girl here um johnny you mountain bike q a is saying six hours on a saddle that's impressive in itself totally. okay so you want to know impressive, then we can talk about Unbound. <laughs> yes. What What is Unbound? Tell us. Tell us. Uh, Unbound, Unbound Gravel is like the most crazy challenge I've taken on so far. And that was 350 miles in oh. one ride. So I spent 27 hours on my saddle. Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, that was that was the most intense cycling experience I've had in my life so far. Oh my, oh my gosh, Sarah, 20, holy cow. Okay. <laughs> How many miles, what's the elevation change? Where do they even have that at? Uh, it was in Kansas. So okay. Unbound is also like a very popular gravel race. Like if you're into gravel, like probably heard of it, it used to be called a dense, dirty Kansas and now they changed the name to Unbound. Um, and, and yeah, they have different lengths. Uh, the queen distance is 200 miles. That's what all the pros like race usually. And then they have an XL. And I thought if I'm going all the way to Kansas, I might as well just do the long thing. <laughs> yeah, I can see more of it. <laughs> I'm just going to ride home. You can ship my suitcase back, folks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Holy I know. cow. So, okay. So one doesn't just jump on the bike and decide I'm going to complete that type of a race what all goes into the training and preparation for this? I mean, it, obviously there's a science to it. You know, you were talking about prepping, getting ready, having a crew that's also doing the same type of thing. But yeah, I mean, there's got to be mental, physical, and science, right, behind all of this? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I've been following a training plan for about two years now, I think, maybe maybe a little more. Um, so I set my goals for the year or for the season. And then I have like a specific training to follow to like build me up um, mm. to these goals. 
Okay. Uh, so obviously, yes, a lot of time on your bike. Um, but I also like to, um, I'm, I'm a bit of a Swiss knife, so I like to do a little bit of everything. Uh -huh. So uh, I've trained for triathlon and uh -huh. um, did an Ironman earlier this year. So also I run a lot and I swim a little bit. It's good for the upper body strength. So a little bit of cross training like that. Okay. Um, obviously some strength because you like if you're going to pedal for so long, you need to be sure that your knees can handle it because it's a lot of um, rotation. It's a lot of times bending your knees, right? Yes. Uh, so strength training is super important. And then the nutrition. Um, yeah, there's, as you said, a lot of like physical, mental preparation, some science, and then just a lot of commitment, I guess, and a little bit of craziness. <laughs> Well, I, man, I, I can't even fathom. And this is coming from a guy who uh, just kind of got an e-bike not too long ago. So Yay! <laughs> I'm all about e-bikes. <laughs> nice. It's hard to believe with all the, it's, it's amazing how many miles. Um, yes, definitely. Johnny Yu is saying, okay, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Trail Pimp out there is saying the Swiss Army Knife, 100% fire. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Shannon Nietzsche is on. She says, an incredible athlete, humble, inspiring, and incredibly sweet. We all need heroes. Definitely. Thank you, Shannon. Yes. Yes. Mel by Q&A. Okay. She wins number one with that alone, right? Just that's amazing. Amazing. Um, Debbie Keo, producer Debbie's on. She says, I'm a little late, but excited for tonight's guest, another female mountain biker that's out there. So yeah, hey, kudos, hi, Debbie. kudos on everything that you're doing. Brett Hall is saying just well. I think we're all kind of like, thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so discipline of gravel training into this, um, it's, it, it definitely takes a lot of time. How much time do you give yourself, say like for the hard man, 92 miles and 7,000 feet elevation, how much time does it take you to prepare for it? Um, it's a tough question. Uh, I've had a bit of a weird preparation for this because I wasn't 100% training specifically for this. I just spent so much time on my bike this summer that I thought I had enough fitness and training in me um, to do it. But um, I think probably I probably train between 10 or 15 hours a week, Okay. something like that. And then it depends. Like sometimes it's not that much biking because I also run and swim. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a lot of biking. And then I like to do super endurance rides. So sometimes I just go and ride my bike for three days and <laughs> wow <laughs> come back wow yeah. i i had heard a story maybe this is folklore but i had heard that you started out on the coast on one of these three-day ultra rides went all the way up to big bear you're nodding so i think this is true then you pedaled from the bottom to the top of the lift and i think what did you go down going green was the story or you yeah, pedaled yeah. up and you, yeah, you pedal all the way to Big Bear. Then she climbs up to the top of Big Bear, bypasses the lifts. Who needs a lift when you're when you're Miss Sarah? 
goes down going green, and then you make your way all the way over towards the top of Rancho Cucamonga area, those mountains up there. Yeah, Mount Baldy. Mount Baldy. Go yeah. up Mount Baldy and then come back on down and paddle back out towards the beach. Was that true? Yeah, that's true. Good Lord. <laughs> the rumors are true. Uh, <laughs> oh, I stopped before the beach, though. I was late. <laughs> I was late, so I stopped before the beach. But, yeah, wow. so that was my little three-day trip of this summer that I did. Um, I'm a very goal-oriented person, and so I always need something to, like, keep me busy and like keep me going and I I just work with goals like that mm -hmm. so the problem is <laughs> when I don't have a goal I open my computer I look at a map and I start going like hmm, I wonder if I can ride from here to there <laughs> wow. and then I start planning a trip and then my husband comes home in the evening and I'm like oh, okay so next week I'm gonna go ride up there <laughs> <laughs> oh my up. gosh. Now, when you do these rides, are you solo or do, does he get to go with you or, or is, are you with a crew of people that you do these like three day excursions? On? I do these, I do these solos. So, holy, yeah. holy geez. My goodness. I, it's nice. It's nice to be on your own. Sometimes I love being with people. Um, I'm a people person, I think. But I also like my rides alone where I just get into my zone. It's like my meditation. Mm. And it's it's just really nice. Yeah, I, I can totally understand that. Sometimes I think that it feels so good to be in the moment, not think I not thinking about anything else other than maybe the sound of your breath yeah. or the cadence of how you're moving. Is that where you tune into? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's people ask me like, what do you listen to? I'm like, I don't listen to anything. I just listen to nature, to my like tires on like the ground and yeah, my breathing. And it's, it's really relaxing. And I have my phone on silent. So like, if you try to call me one day, I'm not answering. I'm probably riding my bike. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. That's Plus, cool. I go solo a lot because no one wants to come with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably when you dwindle the list down. Of, hey, would you like to come on a ride with me? I'm going to go over 100 miles. We're going to probably go 10,000 feet. We'll be back yeah, in right? three days. <laughs> like, um, I think Everyone my left the room. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Brett Hall's on. He goes, just, just stop it. <laughs> Brett says, oh man, that's fun stuff. Oh, oh you, you might recognize this guy, Bertrand. Didier <laughs> says, she's crazy. You realize that? <laughs> hey, that guy has the same name as me. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's the hubs. <laughs> MTV Rages says, come on, Mark, your wife's a trail warrior in her own right. Yes, I am also married to one Bertrand. Uh, I'm married to an ultra trail runner and uh, yeah, she loves putting on the miles and elevation as well. And same thing, Sarah, she does not wear headphones. She just wears her nice glasses, puts her shoes on and out she goes out on the wow. trails, her happy That's place. Sick. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Love it. I need to it, meet her. 
you definitely do. You guys would get along great. And that would give Bertrand and I a chance to kind of like go ride our bike somewhere. Yeah. I love trail ride. running. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. Super fun. So I, I've heard you say swimming, running, trail running, gravel, road, mountain bike. I mean, you love road. Not so much. Road. Not so much. Okay. A little but, bit. but Yeah. yeah. Not not so much. So when you're doing these long distance rides, you're on the gravel bike along, like, how would one get from the coast up to Big Bear? You, you're taking the roads up, but you're taking them on the gravel or do you, are there like trails along the way? Um, so I, I, I started from Mission Viejo, so not from the coast. So okay. from my house in Mission Viejo, which is just closer to the mountain, went up over Black Star skyline. Uh -huh. um, and then you have this like wide valley, right? From like our OC mountains to the San Bernardino mountains. So that was all like on road, this, this section there. And so I was at the bottom of the mountains and then it was dirt again. And it's, I mean, it's just crazy. The amount of dirt roads that are in this country. And it's, <laughs> it's a dream for like an endurance, like gravel cyclist, cause you can just ride forever. And then. From there, I, all the way up to Big Bear, I was just some trail roads and really some, some Jeep roads and stuff. And wow, it was, it was super nice. I was alone in the mountains. It was great. Peaceful. Yeah, I could, I could imagine. I'm back. Are you, are you, you pack yourself like on a trip like that? Are you have all the lights on, like the light bright lumens, or do you stop and camp somewhere when it gets dark? Or are you riding um, the whole time? No, 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 no. No, I sleep and I don't camp. I stay at hotels or motels. I try to like plan so I can sleep in an actual bed in an actual place because I'm a little scared to camp by myself. Or, yeah, <laughs> I'm not there yet. Maybe one day, but so far I'm still a little not super comfortable to camp by myself in the mountains. I mean, there's also like so much wildlife here that. As a non-Californian, I'm still not used to uh, the bears and the mountain lions and all that. Yes, definitely. Um, so no, I yeah, I I stay at yeah hotels usually. That's amazing, Sarah. I like Debbie says I I don't blame her, and uh, it's amazing that you can actually make it to the hotel when probably a lot of us would be just like I'm on the trail. I just gonna have to sleep here because I can't move my legs anymore <laughs> yeah i know sometimes it's good to have that goal like you're like i have to make it to that place yeah. because otherwise i'm out there so i guess when you have a tent you may be more tempted to just like stop and camp where you are when you're tired but when you have to make it to your lot like your lodging then it's kind of a, a goal in your day yes i, I just gotta push it i gotta make it there <laughs> Gosh, man, I could, I could totally feel that. So also too, if it's like, if you're running out of daylight, I'm sure that's a motivator as well. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, obviously, uh, so I did that right in summer. So the good thing is that I had a lot of daylight mm -hmm. like time. Uh, the bad thing is that it was super hot. Ooh, uh, yes. So every day I was in like the high nineties. Um, yeah, it was a hot three days. Uh, it wasn't during the heat wave. <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been brutal. 
but um, <laughs> it was still in July, so pretty hot. But I did bring some um, some headlights for just in case I wasn't gonna make it in time, and I have to finish like an hour or two in the night. But it didn't happen. I I made it always on time. Like Mount Baldy was super super close. Like wow. the last the last mile or two, I was it was dark. I was riding down the road to get to the Mount Baldy Lodge. Uh, just made it on time. I had called them in the afternoon to tell them that I was running late. Please save some food for me. And yes. they were awesome. When I got there, like my plate was ready. I just oh. sat there and ate. And I was like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I've been on my bike for 12 hours. Like, I'm dirty. I stink. Like, I'm terrible. But I just want to sit here and eat. They were like, don't worry. It's the mountains here. We don't care. We're all smelly and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mount Baldy Lodge. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what is it like okay you're on the bike for 12 hours you're probably like munching on little tiny things to kind of keep the energy levels up so you don't bonk and you get there and you're tired and you're out of daylight you you rode two miles in the dark you get there there's this hot plate of food you've been suffering and a beer, and a, beer and a cold beer definitely what is it like after you've been suffering to take that first bite and drink that cold beer, is it, what uh, is that? It's, I, I don't know. Like, I want to say it's so, so good, but like, on the other hand, you're just tired. So you're like, <laughs> you're like this is just fuel for tomorrow. Yeah, I just want to put this food in my body. So it's like, you're really enjoying it, but you're also just like, I'm so tired. Can I just have an IV and just like, put the food in my body without me having to do something. <laughs> it's just weird, but it's, um, it's more about the feeling like, Oh, I made it like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I made it to where I needed to go today. And the feeling of like, you know, getting somewhere, like making it to the top of the mountain or making it. And then, it, you know, it's like anything in life, right. When you like set a goal and you get there and you're like, damn, I actually did this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this awesome feeling, right? And yeah. sometimes it's like a longer term goal. And sometimes it's these like small or not that small daily goals on your bike, you know, just like making it to to where you want it. And that's that's the best feeling for me. Oh, I, I could imagine that delayed gratification. You know, you set out to hit that goal 12 hours later, you're like in the dark, you're two miles away, you're not gonna give up. You called them to say, I'm I'm gonna be there, please save me a plate. But never once did it ever cross your mind, I I just gonna get a pull over here and see if I can catch a ride the rest of the way, or that's like nowhere close to your thought process. Um no, I mean I'd have to be in a very dark place to think that I'm gonna give up. But um, it did happen to me on a ride this summer. And um, it's the first time I called my husband and I was like, you're going to have to come and pick me up. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, it, it was just like, it was too hot. I didn't plan very well. And yeah, the heat just hit me and I had to cut the ride a little short. And um, so, yeah, that's, that happened once. Sometimes it happens. It's yeah. the way it is, you know, there's right. no, you know, 
it doesn't matter. Sometimes you just have to be smarter than, uh, how do you say it? My friends always tell me there's a very fine line between brave and stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sometimes, yeah, you want to be stubborn and finish what you started, but sometimes it's not the wisest thing to do. Yeah. And, and somebody, that's okay. And yeah, that's that's a great that's great advice and, and a good tip for folks out there that are pushing it and really pushing the limits is like there is that line. But and I'm I know for folks like you who really push yourself there, you've already gone through like a lot of the gas tank. Cause a lot of times when you bonk, there's a lot left in the tank. But for you to get to the point where you're like, all right, we're throwing up the red flag or the white flag, that's pretty far along. Was that a quiet ride home, I wonder? uh when when he picked me up yes were you were you mad were you upset were you not did no it, i was no? just no i was just tired yeah i was just like hmm i didn't plan very well and i lost too much time looking for my route and it was too hot and thank you for picking me up and tomorrow's a new day right and I yeah love it. that was it i love it man look at this this is so good um so your husband actually is right here he says uh but she is so tough she is a real athlete yes oh he's cute <laughs> yeah i could for sure for sure trail pip is saying man just driving the big bear is hard for me to get to the bike park <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah i know now every time i drive to big bear i'm like huh, I actually rode this. <laughs> <laughs> right? Never going to complain about driving up to Big Bear ever again, <laughs> knowing that people like you are riding up it. That is so good. NT Raging says, ha, 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 she started going up Black Star as her kickoff. <laughs> uh, Debbie Keo is saying, I don't blame her. Hotel is the way to go, Medi says. Uh, Miami out there saying 12 hours on a bike, Johnny, you says. I know, right? More than that, too, on that big race. What was it, 27? Yeah. 27 yeah. hours. You My need a goodness. comfortable saddle and comfortable bib shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot a lot of chamois, chamois butter. <laughs> chamois butter. <laughs> yeah. Reapply. Keep reapplying. <laughs> Sorry, this is going to be TMI now. <laughs> Are you able to – do you reapply? Do you, okay. So this is all about preparation and, and things like that to help not only is there like the mental strength, there's the tenacity, there's the physical strength, but then there's all the preparation that goes into it. How much would you say preparation goes into a successful trip or a successful race? A lot. Yeah. It's, um, you got to prepare. And I just, I didn't just like wake up and decided that I was going to ride for like these long distances. So, mm -hmm. you know, with, like a day ride or you know like let's say a three or four hours if you know if you've never done that distance and then maybe you push it to like a six or eight and and then you go to like the multi-days and and all that but it, it's a lot of preparation because you got to figure out all your new all your nutrition mm -hmm. you got to figure out like how you're going to carry everything on your bike um like where you're gonna stop what's your escape plan like wow. um you know even things like where am i gonna have where am i gonna be out of service you know and 
Oh my God. So I'm like, if I'm stuck here, I really need to keep moving because I won't be able to use my phone. So I need to go like further. And I'm actually getting, um, <laughs> I need to get a satellite device for my next trips because this country is gnarly. Like Switzerland is very small. We have service like pretty much everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Switzerland. Like I just ride two hours from my house and I'm out of service. Right. So um, I definitely need to invest in one of these satellite devices for the those longer trips because I I know I'm gonna keep doing them and I'm just gonna keep going further and longer. So yeah, yeah. that. That makes sense. That's a great idea. I think that'd be a good investment too. My wife also, who's a trail runner, is looking at possible things that are small and light, but mm -hmm. still kind of keep you somewhat in communication. Um, I think there was, I don't know, have you been looking at any of these satellite uh, pieces that you can use? I think Garmin makes one that's really small. Yeah, Garmin makes one. Um, there's this brand uh, called Spot Tracker that has one, or just mm. Spot, I think. Okay. Um, that's the one they gave us at the Unbound. Oh. Um, and then, oh my God, I can't remember all the names, but like if you Google satellite um, tracker, there's a bunch and there's a bunch of tests and they all have like different features and sometimes they're super fancy and you can like send messages. Sometimes it's just tracking. So then it depends like what degree of fanciness do you want, but mm -hmm. um, they come with a plan. So then you have to actually get a subscription for the plan so that's also like a big thing to consider when you're buying it because it depends like if you're going to use it all the time or if you're only going to use it like once or twice during the year then you need something with a more flexible plan so it's just a bunch of stuff to consider that makes sense right yeah if you're going to do a lot of these then you want to pick that other plan but if you're only going to do like one you know, then yeah, you don't want to be paying for the whole year if you're only using it for one month, right? Right, exactly, so. exactly. Um, you had touched a little bit about nutrition uh, when it comes to this. So obviously, when you're an athlete and you're, you need your body to perform, do you stay within a nutrition plan kind of like as a steady state as always? Or do you tune it to what is coming up next? Like whatever your next goal is, do you tune your diet towards that goal? I know I just have a diet that works for me like year round mm -hmm. um, and it's not super strict. I just believe I have just naturally a pretty healthy diet. Like um, I eat a bit of everything. <laughs> okay. Moderation uh, is good. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you I say mean, beer too. So that makes me feel good. <laughs> yes. Cheers. I'm actually, I'm on margarita today. There you go. Oh, I'm feeling better about myself, Sarah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta live. If you like drinking beers, then why not? Yes. Um, I, I stay away from alcohol before races, though. So how, how far out? Um, sometimes like a month. Oh wow. Yeah, if it's a big race, like uh, Ironman, typically, like yeah, I, I quit drinking alcohol for a month because I just want to have these final weeks leading into my race, like hundred percent efficient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's a smaller one, like hard man, it's just the week before. Wow. Hard just, man is a smaller one. My gosh, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, not smaller, but just like it, 
it's not what I've been training for the entire year, you know. God. Like you go into an Ironman, you've been training for it like so long. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to screw up because you had one too many beers like the night right. before. Like All I just want to be. And... For me, I just want to be sure that I did everything I could to like bring my body to the race like one hundred percent. So uh, yeah, but other than that, yeah, it's just year round, just eating healthy. I avoid a lot of like processed food. That's just my general rule. Okay. Um, I love to cook, so I cook a lot. And then I have all my sports nutrition food, which I eat when I'm on the bike, okay. which is a different story. Yeah, I love to get it. it. I love to get some tips on on that. And I'm sure in the audience for all of us, anything that you are going to share with us is helpful. Um, so, you know, when you when you're talking about nutrition um are you more like you know there's all these different types of diets there's carb there's pescatarian there's vegetarian there's vegan there's only protein and meats but you sound like you're kind of the person that just does a little bit of everything in moderation but what what, what does it look like for you um um Sorry, no, okay. <laughs> <Brain fart. laughs> more like high protein, more high carbs combination. Uh, just a combination, just a really like mix of all kind of different sources of protein, carbs, and vitamins. Um, I just try to have my meals like very um, diverse and complete, and I look into stuff to see like what kind of nutrients do they have and mm -hmm. um yeah do i have and and if i have like a problem like i'm feeling tired or so on i'd always look at my diet first i look like oh, okay what, what was i eating and oh yeah and what could i you know what could i eat more and um you know you also have like these special foods that like turmeric it's anti-inflammatory so uh, I tend to have sometimes like some knee pain. So, you know, I'll just take turmeric. Um, really? That helps you a lot? Yeah. Well, I mean, at least it didn't not help me because I haven't had knee pain this year. So yeah, that, that's it's been working really well. Right. That's fantastic. So, I, yeah, but I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not a diet person. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you're, it sounds like what, what you're doing is working for your body. And, um, it, it's great because when you feel, you're feeling something, you're looking at your, your diet first. I mean, somebody had told me once before that you can never outwork a bad diet, right? So no matter how hard you try, you have a bad diet. That's, uh, you gotta, oh, yeah. change, you gotta change that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. coming from a person who's doing what you're doing is crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm all about nutrition. Like, I speak so much about nutrition to my friends too. There was like, oh my God, Sarah, like always talking about food. And I, I love I, food. <laughs> I the sneaker bars, folks. Here comes Sarah. <laughs> oh, you know, I actually, um, I ate a lot of paydays um, for my Ironman. Oh. And when I told my friend that I was eating paydays, she was like, what? These are candy bars. I'm like, yeah, but like they're full of peanuts and yep. they don't have chocolate, so they don't melt in my pocket. And, you know, they have like good sugar and a nice taste and it makes me happy. So I, I eat them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, are, it's just a mix. <laughs> but like one advice that I could give like to any writer is that like 
the way you the way you fuel on a ride is not just for athletes it's for anyone like yes tell us anyone anyone should be paying attention on like how they're eating during the ride and a lot of people they're just like oh yeah whatever i had breakfast i'm gonna go for like a two hours ride and not gonna eat anything or you know and well a lot of people don't do great on like these longer rides because they're not eating what they should be eating you know like any person is losing like so much calories and so like burning calories and losing sodium and all that like you have Mm -hmm. to replenish it's not just like performing athletes it's anyone and I did the my own experience with my husband because (laughs) he wasn't eating he was always like no I'm not eating I'm I'm good I'm good but he would get grumpy and you know and I'm like you're grumpy because you're hungry like you don't even know it but that's Mm. you need to eat and so one day I was like okay this is what you're going to eat like every 30 minutes you're going to eat this and that and and he did it and he was like oh my god I feel so much better on this ride really and I'm like yeah dude it's not because of your fitness it's because you're not putting energy in your body so your body can't work oh yeah so that's a tip that I can give to anyone like if you're riding for like more than two like one and a half hour more than two hours for sure you need you need to be eating okay and it sounds like we need like sodium sugar is it like fast type of stuff that we can use right away like sugars and sodium or or is it stuff that needs to yeah what is it well it should be it depends and on the like on the type of effort and i don't want to go too much into details because i'm also like not a nutritionist sure Uh, but yeah basically you just won podium at the with the hard man so you have some clout here (laughs) (laughs) um yeah basically it's like um sodium and um carbs okay and uh a mix of like different types of sugars like glucose and fructose Uh so you gotta like if you're only eating like one type of um food then you might not have everything in it so you might need like some different sources of, of food like i don't know a bar and an energy chew and then you have your drink or something like that um, gotcha gotcha but so, yeah, yeah basically yeah they have a rule of thumb of like 300 calories an hour or around like 60 carbs an hour so okay. you can look at that and see what your bars are giving you and um uh, I, I need to plug my computer sorry yeah no, okay. <laughs> yeah while you do that i'm just gonna read it off here a couple of the chats oh my goodness look at this ssb mtb what's up family just got home from the lab time to crack a cold one cheers fam let's go oh. miss sarah what's up john b good to see you brother and uh big big congratulations to sarah for being a ssb family member just inducted right before the big hard man race in which she took podium um which is amazing. Uh, Adventure Muse says, that's a perfect quote. Yes, bonks happen, especially when it's humid and hot. Man, so true. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, in California, we had this crazy heat wave, and it was hot and humid. And normally, we just had kind of a, a dry heat. Uh, so that was that was very interesting. MTB Raging says, SSB, MTB in the house. That's right, Craig. John B's on. Oh, man. Yeah, Big John. What's up, brother? Says Brett Hall. <laughs> Air Blair is on the line. He says, 
my SSB sister, Sarah S. Diddy, <laughs> is in the house. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. Um, Trail Pip is saying, I scored some Cali creamsicle at Walmart <laughs> in Palm Springs. I'm taking some to Snow Valley tomorrow. Yes, that stuff is so, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Mia is on here too. She says, yes, 100% fueling before, during, and after. That's interesting because I'm definitely a lot like uh, Sarah's husband here. I, I don't take anything, but maybe I should. Should take something out there when I go for these longer rides. Um, I did actually go for a ride the other day and I bonked. And I haven't bonked in a long time, but I did the type of bonk where I felt weak, shaky, had the weird sweatiness going on and uh, hightailed it back to the house. But uh, yeah, I haven't done that in a long time. MTB Raging here says, when you train as consistent as you do, you are a fuel machine. Yeah, I know. Craig is uh, definitely working hard on his XC, so he is definitely taking in the calories. Chuck Primp saying, totally agreed. So, oh my gosh, you guys, this is this is awesome to have Sarah on. She is, uh, for those of you who are tuning in a little bit later, she is the gold medalist winner of the Hard Man. Uh, it was 92 miles and 7,000 feet elevation change. Uh, the second place right behind her was 12 minutes out. So she was killing it out there. And uh, MTB Raging, oh yeah, here we go. As far as fuel goes, and we'll ask Sarah, we'll get into this when she gets back. Um, MTB Raging is saying, get those honey stingers. What are you guys like using out there? For the folks that are out there in the chat, what do you guys like using? I definitely have been utilizing a lot of hydration type of uh, mixes to put in my water, and that's been really solid. And so that that is always good. Honey Stingers, I know Air Blair is supported by Honey Stinger, and he was able to get some out to the local community. So thank you, Blair. Those were delicious, delicious and nutritious. Sarah, welcome back. We we were just talking a little bit about nutrition still. Yeah, so sorry about that. Like, oh my god. Oh no, I, no, you're you're fine. It's good. You're 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 doing great. We were actually talking about hydration, nutrition, and honey stingers came up. Um, also, uh, John B from SSB jumped on to give you some love. So we gave Big John B a, a shout out, and he said, "Welcome to the fam, bam." Gave you a congratulations to on that, Miss Sarah. Welcome to the SSB family. Um, what do you, is there a specific product that you use for you, for these rides that you find really help you perform while you're out there? Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan and I'm going to give them a shout out, but yes. um, I don't get any sponsoring from them. So I'm okay. really just saying it because I love their product. Yeah. It's a uh, spring energy spring energy okay yeah i've been telling all my friends about it <laughs> um they have like really good products um it's um all real ingredients and natural ingredients so i'm a little bit of a ingredient freak and mm -hmm. my rule of thumb is that if i can't understand what it is i'm not gonna eat it so <laughs> i kind of look at the ingredients <laughs> yeah. and i'm like yeah, these are foods that are actual food and I know what it is. Uh, I'll eat that. But if it, it sounds like I'm eating like a magic potion or something, like 
I'm more skeptical. <laughs> but I, I what do is a, a flux of, capacitor bar? <laughs> I do a bit of a mix because um, there's also a lot of science. So, but I so mainly, yeah, the spring energy is is really good. Uh, the awesome sauce is like an apple sauce. And this one the, right here, I see it. Yeah, it's the green one. It is. It's the best. Like I can eat that all day long, really? and it okay. has a lot of calories um and a lot of carbs so it's it just works really really well uh i look at food that just because i'm doing like a lot of endurance so i just need to eat a lot so i i just look at like a high um a high amount of calories and carbs for myself so this works well for me but you know it's like very personal everyone has to figure it out and i think yeah. it's worth taking the time to like try and see what works for you and what you like. And I mean, it's also a bit of a budget. So what can you afford? Uh, so I'm always trying some new stuff. And I saw yeah, you showed the feed. And yes. I think that's an awesome place because you can just buy like those one packs or like samplers. So you can buy like different things. So now I just have a mix of everything. Like I do honey stingers too. Um, I do uh, SIS fuel. Mm. Uh, I do scratch labs. Love the scratch labs drinks. I so recently, I yeah, I'm out of trial and error. But, for the yeah. for the first time, I just picked up some scratch labs hydrator, and I've been mixing that in my water, and it tastes great. Yeah, I got the strawberry lemonade. I'm like, I find myself at night going down for a glass of water and I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to put a little bit of this uh, oh, yeah. in there. <laughs> it tastes so good. Yeah, it's so good. And they have a recovery drink. That's amazing. Like I, I'm totally addicted to my chocolate recovery drink after a hard workout or after a race from scratch labs, from scratch labs. Yeah. Ooh. It's like, it, I need it. It's like my little comfort <laughs> food after the ride. It's like, I have my little chocolate drink. It's like I a feel, reward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like a kid, like you get your chocolate drink at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of my one of my neighbors, his name is Kelly, and he is a a lot a lot like you. He loves the grind. He he's a triathlete. He runs. He swims. He gets on his road bike. Gets on his XC bike, and he just goes. And he's supported by Hammer Nutrition. And I was looking at some of their stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many good companies out there that make things. And then you go to Amazon. And into the untrained eye, everything looks good. But then, you, like you said, you're looking at the ingredients and you're like, what the heck is that? Mm -hmm. So it's it's really hard to know unless you know. So thank you so much for sharing some of the things that work for you. Really, Yeah. And as you said, I mean, it works for me. Um, we'll always, you know, tell people what I like. But I also tell people you got to see if it works for you because it's do you like the consistency? Do you like the taste? Do you like... Like I can't do like, I like the honey stinger chews and the bars, but I can't do the gels because I don't like this. Um, I think I'm using the wrong word. Um, texture. I yeah. said consistency, but it's not. It's I don't like the texture of it. So, you know, it's a lot of different things that. Yes. Um, and I do pizza too. <laughs> Which one's that one? Pizza. Uh, oh, oh, regular pizza. Like, yeah, regular oh, pizza. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. So wait. Wait, wait, wait. Some longer rides, I'll wrap that and I just take that. You just got like half of the audience to go, oh, thank God. Yum. We can have pizza. <laughs> yes. 
if it makes you happy, <laughs> why not? <laughs> right? It's like a little mental boost right there when you're able to dive into some pizza, which is really good. We get a lot of folks here that are sharing what they use in the chat. Um, we definitely have M2 where she says, get those honey stingers. He says, uh, Debbie Kyo is saying, I love the honey stinger waffle and the gel. Mia is sharing that I have goose electrolytes. Oh yeah, look at that. Empty Raging saying Blair and I agree on the HS, the Honey Stinger gummies. Ooh, and waffles on there. Another one for the waffles. Yeah. Interesting. Another one for the goo. Trail Pimp saying goo is my favorite. We actually sold some Honey Stinger waffles. I think Mia's going to buy some. She says, ooh, I should try those waffles. <laughs> John B from SSB is saying fluid nutrition. Ooh. <laughs> <I wonder>. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's serious or if it's a joke, but either way, it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, we got to try some of that fluid nutrition. Um, Bertrand is saying applesauce from spring. So good. So he's totally on that too. He's totally yep. on that too. I got, I got to try that. Uh, Trail Pimp is saying I use Kool-Aid. <laughs> so, okay. You know what? That's something I don't know because I'm not American. So I have no idea what Kool-Aid is. Oh gosh. So, okay. So <laughs> I hear it all the time, but I'm always like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So Kool-Aid is uh, a drink that they made. It's like a, it's like a, it's basically like sugar packets that are have intense flavor and you can mix them in the water and uh, you can mix it to a pitcher and it's been around for a little while but it's kind of disappeared a teeny bit it's it's uh, somewhat making a comeback but here is what kool-aid looks like me i'll pop it up right here so that's the logo for kool-aid you see that guy in the uh, picture right there yeah, i was gonna say i feel it's something for kids right because yes like in the movies it's always something related with kids like yeah Kool-Aid for the kids <laughs> yeah like Kool-Aid is delicious it's like uh Jolly Ranchers but you can drink it <laughs> but I I'm sure the sugar content without checking it here is is you know is really tasteful let's just put it that way <laughs> but Kool-Aid is del is delicious but it, it and it works it works for trail pimps so that's good <laughs> awesome I love that everyone's sharing their their tips that's so great Yes. Yeah. Adventures Muse says so picky bars are also yummy and real food too. Oh, that's nice. Picky bars. I see. There's so many things I haven't heard of. Um, Raging says I've used crustables on centuries when I was a lifer roadie. Oh yeah. Interesting. You know what the crustables are? Yes. I yes. discovered these. They're super good. They are good. The peanut butter yeah. and jelly. Yeah. Oh, I, I bit into a peanut butter, or I thought was a peanut butter and jelly, but it was the Nutella chocolate. And it Ooh. threw me for a loop. Nutella, it was good, but I was expecting that peanut butter and jelly taste. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mouthful of Nutella. So it took a couple seconds for my brain to catch up to my What's taste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, look at this. MTB Nick, what's up, bud? One, two, three says Kool-Aid sounds good on a hot day. Yeah, this guy's cool. He rides out at the Holder Crooks area a lot. So that's that's a cool trail system out there. And uh, Nick's saying, haven't drank that in years, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a while for the Kool-Aid. Um, but, okay, so the nutrition, uh, you shared like the goose. I mean, are are they hard to pack when you're going on these big, long rides? Or do you 
pick accordingly to to what you need um yeah so i i i do the math uh, and i prepare everything um that i need i usually always end up with too much food because just like i'd rather have too much than running out yeah. of food but then right. i end up carrying all that weight that i wouldn't need and um i'm i'm learning i'm learning to be like way more precise and uh i'm also learning to like know what's going to be available in the gas station and what's going to work mm. for me from a gas station because then that's all the weight that i can save yes but basically i'll and that's what we were talking about at the beginning like how much planning goes into like a trip like that well it's a lot of planning because it's that time that you spend going like okay how much time i'm going to be on the road so how much calories am i going to burn and how much do i have to pack and where can i stop to refuel so um you know so i can bring less food with me because i can stop and buy some food but sometimes yeah. that's not an option mm. then i prepare those bags like i usually do it like per day so if i'm gone for three days i'll have one bag for the first day and day two, day three, and that's it. And the nice thing is that as you go, you get lighter because <laughs> you're <laughs> eating your food. And <laughs> so that's kind of nice. You know, you start and your pack's super heavy, but then, and that forces you to eat too, you know, because sometimes when you're tired, it's hard. Like you're like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat, but yeah. you have to. You so have it's to. good to know like, hey, if I eat it, my pack will be lighter. So it's good. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. And is it true that you want to try to avoid getting to the point where you are feeling like you need it, right? Like you want to make sure you're getting it a little earlier than, than you feel it? Yeah. If you're hungry, it's too late. Got it. Same with drinking. If you're thirsty, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask too about hydration. I mean, nutrition is important, but hydration I know is also important because we're losing a ton of a lot of electrolytes and sodium when we're out there. Never done anything like you've done, but I can only imagine. And it's heavy, like fluid is heavy. So how do you prepare for the hydration portion of these long trips? Yeah, that's the, that's the hardest part. And um, when I did my ride through Big Bear and Mount Baldy, uh, I had my friend Michelle, uh, who was my angel, <laughs> and stashed some water for me on her way to work because she drives through uh, where I was going. And so she, yeah, she did stash some water. I would look at the map and that's part of the planning. Like you gotta do your research and find where you can, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta do your research and look at where can I find water. And sometimes you're like, okay, this is gonna be a long section where I might not have water. And I was talking to her and she was like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna stash some water for you on my way to work. So that, wow. and that was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. Wow. So, it's good to have some some trail angels and road angels, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> just amazing friends that support you and that would actually, you know, go out of their way to like support your crazy projects. That, That's really awesome. That is cool. That's a good friend right there. Oh yeah. Fashion <laughs> water for you. And and how important is it to hydrate before you actually even leave? Is there like a certain period of time that you're preparing your hydration? I know that we talked about in 
competition, you'll cut out the alcohol depending on what kind of a race that is. But then as far as hydrating up, do you, is there a period of time that you're really hydrating up before? I play it by ear. I know there's a lot of talk about like prehydration. So definitely you don't want to like show up to an event and you're already thirsty or starving, uh, mm. not starving, thirsty. Uh -huh. um, so just, but already the night before, you know, the night before I just make sure I've, even the day before, like I have it, you know, drinking enough water throughout the day and then drinking enough in the morning. Like I also don't, I usually don't drink coffee uh, before a race. Before a long ride, I'd, I would still, but not before a race. And I just drink tea and just try to have enough fluid. You also don't want to drink too much because then, you know, you don't want to have like a full belly of water and then you're riding your bike and it goes like bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's over. also not very nice. <laughs> right. Um, you in a bush somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure like nutritionist would give you like proper numbers as i said like i'm not a specialist i i also do things just like by experience like trial and error and trying to do what what's going to work for me but definitely yeah i mean you want to make sure that the day before you've been hydrated and the morning off that you've been hydrating um to a reasonable level and that that's been working for you in, in your races and uh, what you definitely are a, a thought leader on, at least in my mind, is the mental process of, of going through these races and, and the happiness on the bike, you know, just, just being on the bike. What brought you to the bike? Like of all the sports that you could have done, because I can tell you're very athletic, what was it about the bike? What called you to it? Uh, I love this question. <laughs> Um, you know what? It's um actually seeing people biking and having fun. <laughs> That's so I still remember that day I was um I was in um Verbier, it's a pretty famous resort in Switzerland and in, in the Alps. Um and I was already on a bike, but like a borrowed bike, just like what are we doing today? You know, instead of doing a hike, like we'll take bikes and out there in the mountains and I saw these guys like going down the mountain on like big downhill bikes Dang. and stuff and they look they seem to be having so much fun and <laughs> I was like I want to have that much fun too <laughs> <laughs> and so the next weekend I went and borrowed a downhill bike and got into downhill mountain biking um and then from there it just snowballed and I was I often say that I did it like the wrong way because I started like on the big suspension bike uh -huh. and then slowly I went into like those super light carbon bikes that you take to pedal for 27 hours. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and most people start with like maybe a little less suspension and then as they progress, they go towards like the bigger bikes. Right. Um, but yeah, and I, I was hooked immediately, like by just how much fun it was, but like the people in this sport, I've always been amazed of like the community around like cycling and mountain biking in particular. Um, I don't know. It's, I've always met like amazing friends and amazing people 
And uh, I mean, and up until now, I mean, I've moved here like two years ago, just before COVID, yeah. <laughs> which was pretty weird time to move to a new place. Yeah. And if I didn't have Viking, like I wouldn't have met all the friends that I have now. And so for me, it's, uh, it's more than a sport to me. It's just, it's really part of my life and, um, yeah, part of my world or the world that I want to be in. And that's also what I get, I guess, kept me in, into the sport and makes me want to do more and more because it's just like, it's crazy. I mean, you guys are probably old bikers, so you know what I mean. So I don't have yes. to convince you. And I'm sure everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it is a great community. And that's why that's why we're all here. And yeah, it's it's great. But it's, like, it's cycling has done a lot for me. So it's yeah, I'm really grateful that I went, I was on the mountains and saw these guys having fun. And that I just, <laughs> I, I love that. That is, that is so, that is such a cool story on how it caught your attention. And I love the fact that it grabbed you enough to go and just rent a DH bike on your own. Like the very next week, you're like, I'm, I just, I thought that was so cool. I'm actually going to take action and do it. I know you're a goal oriented person. So as soon as you got that goal in your head, you were going to get on a bike <laughs> and go yeah. down that trail. <laughs> That's always something that I tell myself. It's like, don't wait for people to do what you want to do. If you want to do it, like, yeah, go to the store, rent a bike, go do it. You know, yes. like if you want to ride your bike for three days, like don't wait until someone's going to come with you. Like just take your bike, pack your bag and go do it. And go experience it. Yeah, right. Totally. When you got on, so, okay, so let's take, let's take us back to that day. You got the DH bike, you're renting it, you're taking it up to the mountain. The first time you throw your leg over the saddle and you're looking down the hill, what was going through your mind at that moment? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I, folks, it was, Houston, it was, we have a problem. <laughs> It was terrible. That's when I realized I was like, Sarah, you've only ridden a bicycle to like go to school and go down to the lake. And that's it. Like you don't know how to mountain bike. And now you're here with your full face helmet on and you're going to go down this like super gnarly trail. And I crashed so much that day. Oh, Plus man. it was a while ago and bikes were like pretty heavy. <laughs> It wasn't even my size, so I couldn't put the foot down without leaning the bike. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, oh my God. it was a nightmare. I don't know how after that experience, I still loved it. Because yeah. I think I did four runs on the entire day because I was just crashing <laughs> and losing all my energy, like picking back, picking up my bike again <laughs> and going down the trail. And But I guess. I like type two fun and that's why I got hooked. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There it is, folks. Oh my There's Miss Sarah DH bike. What <laughs> what bike park is it's so beautiful? Look at that water. For the folks that are not on the if you're on Spotify or iTunes, you gotta check out the YouTube here. Uh where is this, Sarah? This is beautiful. Um, I think this one was in France. Um close to the Alpe d'Huez. Oh. So Alpe d'Huez is uh, very famous for uh, Mega Avalanche. 
and um, also for like the Tour de France that goes out there, like famous road and lots of climbing. And um, and I think that was that was that was there. Yeah. Wow. We, we were on a road trip and stuff at like a lot of places. And yeah. Oh my God! Look at my socks. Low socks. Yes. You got the low socks. <laughs> you got the five tens though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely pre SSB days. <laughs> this is yeah, this is so funny. This is awesome, though. So you there were no there were no women clothes neither. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. Yeah, it's just like some super baggy flapping, the smallest size I could find. But yeah, dang, it, it was pretty cool. <laughs> wow. So you felt now when you fell in love with the sport, did you have a group of women that that also fell in love with it and tried this with you, or? Were you like, I'm not going to wait for anybody else. I, I want to try this. Was that, was that you? Yeah. Okay. So at that time, um, I was, uh, dating this guy and we kind of started together. God, so, okay. Yeah. So both of us were like, oh, we should do that. And so we got into it together. So I was with him. I wasn't all on my own. And then um, we met a lot of people and they weren't that many girls. Now I'd go to like bike parks. Sometimes I'd be the only woman, um, in the entire mountain, but it was also like a while ago. It was just starting like bike parks were getting built like, um, across the Alps in Europe. Um, so it, it wasn't as popular as it is today. Um, I mean, yeah. Wow. So you just, yeah, you just jumped on it. That's very, very very cool. MTB Nick is asking, was your first experience on a bike? Was it at a bike park? Uh, so yeah, on a mountain bike, like yeah. proper, like descending. Yes. Otherwise I've, I've had bikes as a kid, just, to, yeah, as I said, to go to school or go to my friend's house and stuff like that. Um, so I knew how to ride a bike, but like proper mountain biking, that was it. Dang. Dang, Sarah. Tropip is saying, I never recommend the bike park because it's so addictive. I can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I guess it's true at some point. And then I got tired of it and now I never go to the bike park. <laughs> right. You're in places like this right here, just out there in the wilderness, <laughs> riding your bike, having a good time. Like Mr. John B says right here, SSB says, ride bikes, be happy. Yeah, we ride, we live, SSB. <laughs> that That is like such a cool shot right there. Is that, I noticed on your Instagram, you have on your handle, it says, happiest when I'm on my bike. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> And there's so many things you can put there and you put happiest when I'm on my bike. What does that, what does that mean to you? And, and it kind of like in a nutshell, happiest when I'm on my bike. Um, it's just, um, because hmm. <laughs> I think we all feel the same. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just true. I just feel like really, really happy uh when i'm riding my bike and i just like started to realize it like more and more and um it's just i never have like a bad day if i've been riding my bike so it doesn't mean i'm not happy in any other moments but you know it's also that you know 
I don't know. It's also like Instagram. And I wanted my Instagram to be about my cycling passion. Yes. So I made it like very cycling specific. Um, I have also other things that I do in life that I don't necessarily share on Instagram or um, other things I'm passionate about. Um, maybe not as much as cycling though. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then, yeah, for me, it's just as simple as that. It's like, why do you ride a bike? Well, because it makes me happy. I'm just like, so happy when I'm on my bike like I don't care about anything else so yeah I'm sorry I wish I had like a way better thing like no I totally feel you on that say, but it's very easy that it's just making yeah. me super happy I, I love it I, I totally feel you on that I think all the folks here in the audience feel it too it's something about jumping on the bike and just pedaling and kind of breaking away from everything it's like a a good mental break, you know, you're literally on an adventure, one pedal at a time, and you're currently there for each pedal, you're not thinking about anything else, you know, it's, it's such a great place to be. And I think in today's society, it's so hard to get to that spot, because cell phones, computers, emails, text messages, phone calls, man, when is it time? And then when you get out on your bike, and you're just free, right? You know? It's like, time is suspended or something it's just, yes i'd be curious i'd like to know the audience like maybe if you can put one word what's what is biking to you that i'd be curious to know yeah like the, that, the one word reason why you bike that's a great one i if it were if if i'm typing it in i would say being present for me for me biking brings me to the present um because cool. when I'm when I'm cruising down the trail, if I'm if I'm doing a trail downhill, I have to be present in that moment. And my eyes are big and my adrenaline's open and I'm choosing decisions in that moment to make the bike go to the right place. Otherwise there's consequences. And I'm not thinking about the electrical bill that just came in that was super high. I'm not thinking about like, oh man, how much money do I have to save for this or that? All I'm thinking about is that very second, which is which is, we never get to do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Uh, Shannon, Nietzsche saying, there's nothing like being on your bike. Nothing. Complete bliss. Yes. That's yes, a great is. description. Trail Pimp is saying, good times. Just good times. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just as simple as that. Just fun. <laughs> Just fun. Exactly. Good memories, good places, and good people. How cool is it, Sarah, that when we were little kids to think that that jumping on your bike wasn't going to be just that. It was something that you were going to be able to take from your childhood and take it in as an adult. And no one else can take that away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you part of your kid self with you on the bike, which is amazing. SSB MTB is saying live. Live is the one word he would use there with John B. Shannon is saying peace. Yeah, definitely. Right? Peace. Yeah. Live is a, I love live too, because life can go by and we can't make more time, but we can make the time count and uh, living. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to be living, which is, which is great. MTB Nick123 is saying adventure. Yes. Adventure for sure. Like Sarah on the three day trips that you take. 
that nobody just wants to go on yeah. <laughs> with you. <laughs> Doesn't have to be like any any ride is 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 a small adventure, and I think that's awesome. So true, so true. And to me, Nick one two three says the adrenaline. Yes, that's definitely that. Uh, Craig MTB raging is saying serenity, serenity, definitely. So, Trail Monster, I love this. Trail Monster saying we are just a bunch of twelve year olds at heart. I love that. <laughs> me too. Me too. That that is a good one. Oh, uh, Sarah, we man, time went by. We are already I know, over I know. an hour. It's crazy how it goes so fast. Um, congratulations on winning the hard man. A well-deserved 92 miles, over 7,000 elevation change, plus all the other sports that you're into, the triathlete, triathlon. Um, you're doing so many great things for the sport of mountain biking, also for, for women in mountain biking. And uh, congratulations for being a part of the SSB family, getting inducted into the family officially. That is awesome right there. SSB, we ride. We They're ride. awesome. They're awesome. They are really, I, I gotta give them a, a big kudos and a big, big hug because they've been supporting me like crazy since I got into this family and it's really nice. Isn't it? They are so warm and so, so good. A lot of good people in one place. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, a really unique place. And, and when, uh, you, when you're grinding, knowing that people behind are cheering you on and believing in you. That really helps to keep going. I can tell you. <laughs> yes, I bet. I bet that feels really, really good, especially when you're, when you're depleted, you know? Yes. La Familia stoked to you. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Sarah, is there anything that you wanted to share before we end the show? That um, you didn't get a chance to? I mean, we had a great conversation and I'm very thankful that I was able to be here and thank you so much for inviting me and also thank you to all the people who tuned in and interacted. That was awesome. I really had a lot of fun and um, yeah, if there's one more thing, maybe I know I mentioned it before, but it's really like, don't wait. <laughs> don't wait to like do what you love and just get out there ride your bike um set your goals and whatever they are you know big or small i mean everyone has their own little finish lines and yeah don't don't wait to live your passion just go out for it and and that's it i love it sarah Tell the folks where they can follow you if they want to follow more of you in your journey. Uh, where can they follow you on your journey? Um, so I think the best place is to go to Instagram on my Instagram account. So I don't know how much they can read on this screen. It looks small to me, but uh, my handle is, <laughs> I always laugh about it because no one can pronounce it. La Belliboula. Oh, I like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it means ladybug. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's, just, it's a teenage thing and it stuck with me. <laughs> I like that. But I like it because it's kind of the luck, you know, like the lucky insect. Um, so, yeah, go find me on Instagram. And um, that's where I share most of my cycling adventures. 
and uh, I have a few things coming up, hopefully soon, but I'll share them on Instagram. So if you're there, you should, you should be able to like know the rest. Ooh, sounds like some <laughs> exciting stuff coming up. I cannot wait to see it and cannot wait to be able to type in there. Congratulations when that day comes. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. That is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sarah Didier. Thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate it, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for being here. I'll yeah. see you out there. Yeah, Sarah, and I'll see you out on the trails. Oh, yeah. like that folks the episode is over that is a wrap on episode 85 with special guest sarah didier i want to just wish sarah the best with all of her adventures coming up and all the new opportunities that are coming her way folks hope you are all doing well out there hope this podcast finds you well and safe and fun out on the trails whether you're heading out to a trail ride or you're just coming back hope you had a great time thank you so much for downloading these episodes i really appreciate it if you get a chance and you're listening to these on itunes if you wouldn't mind just giving this a quick five-star review we are still in the growing process of this show so any little bit helps and uh, thank you so much ahead of time for all your support as always Take a look at those dreams. Don't forget and be afraid to dream big. Why not? We're only here once, right? Only have one life. Might as well dream big. Take out those little goals that lead up to that big dream. Take those goals out. Put them on paper. Be on purpose. Achieve those little goals little by little by little. And the next thing you know, you'll be living out those dreams. Hope you're all doing well and look forward to seeing you out on the trails.